Dress the History of Fashion is a production of iHeartRadio. With over 7 billion people in the world, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we all get dressed. Welcome to Dressed, the history of fashion, a podcast that explores the who, what, when of why we wear. We are fashion historians and your hosts, April Callahan and Cassidy Zachary. Well, hello, dress listeners, and hello, April, freshly arrived from visiting me in New Mexico, although I guess it's been a week now. Time time is gone at this point. <laughs> yes, except for the fact that I haven't fully unpacked my suitcase I will admit there are a few items still in it, so maybe I should get to that today. Yes. I'm sure some of our other listeners can identify. I think there's two types of people, people who immediately unpack their suitcase, which is my husband, and then people who are like, I'm going to take three weeks to do that. <laughs> I'm definitely of the latter. But April, as our listeners may remember, was just here visiting me in New Mexico for the first time. Not your first time in New Mexico, but your first time coming to visit me. Mm-hmm. And we were here for the 100th annual Swaya Indian Market. Um, so Swaya, of course, is the Southwestern Association for Indian Arts. And they have the largest art market in the world um, dedicated to um, Native American art in Santa Fe. And they had a weekend full of fashion festivities from, you know, exhibitions to uh, multiple fashion runways to just the clothing that you could buy at all of the different vendors. So there's so much to talk about. And we are actually dedicating an entire future FHN in a couple of weeks to talking about everything that we saw And that includes the IAIA Museum of Contemporary Native Arts Art of Indigenous Fashion Exhibition, which is on view until January 8th, 2023. And just listeners, there's so many exhibitions happening, you know, around the world that we decided to just dedicate an entire episode to talking about some of it. Yes, for sure. And and I think that we're going to try to hit a lot of things, and we and we actually asked some of you to send in your recommendations as well, and those are folded in here too. But uh, without a doubt, we're going to miss some things that we just didn't know about. So this is not comprehensive. No way. And <laughs> if, anyway. <laughs> yeah, if we did miss something, please continue to send those our way, and we would love to highlight them on a future episode. So Cass, those are kind of like your home state exhibitions that are up right now that you just briefly mentioned that we're going to talk about more here in a week or two. I'm hoping that I can talk about some of my hometown exhibitions quite quickly and and maybe even home institution exhibitions. Um, The first one that I want to talk about is called Shoes, Anatomy, Identity, and Magic. And this is actually opening this week. So um, it is not, as we speak, open today yet. So I got the inside scoop from co-curator Colleen Hill. I think it actually opens the day that this episode is going to release. So so by the time that you hear this, you will actually be able to go. Um, Co-curated by Valerie Steele and Colleen Hill, both past dressed guests. The exhibition features more than 300 pairs of shoes from the museum's own permanent collection. And the permanent collection holds more than 5,000 pairs of footwear casts. So pretty sure if 300 have been culled from 5,000, we can expect 
back to some pretty spectacular examples. And these examples have actually been organized into themes. One, anatomy, identity, and magic. So those are the three themes. And Colleen kind of gave me the inside scoop on the themes the other day. She said, anatomy includes a gentle section, one on high heels and one on boots. Identity includes pairings that encourage visitors to choose which they most identify with. And magic has red shoes, glass slippers, and a myths and tales section, which includes items like winged shoes. So apparently there's also a shoe shopping section. Wow. Um, And I'm sure that is a favorite pastime for many of our listeners. Uh, You have up until December 31st, 2022 to check out Shoes, Anatomy, Identity, and Magic at the museum at FIT, where you can also catch until November 6th, Dior and Balenciaga, The Kings of Couture and Their Legacies. And this exhibition was curated by Deputy Director of the Museum at FIT, Patricia Mears, who has also been on the show. And the show features, quote, approximately 65 garments and ensembles drawn solely from the Museum at FIT's permanent collection. It is the first exhibition to juxtapose the work of these legendary designers side by side. So you can see both the shoes exhibition and the Dior Balenciaga exhibition at the same time through November 6th, which is when the Dior Balenciaga exhibition closes. And the museum is always free and is open Wednesday through Friday from noon to eight and weekdays from 10 a.m. to five. And you just reminded me when you're talking about magic that Colleen has long promised to come on and talk about her fairy tale exhibition Mm -hmm. because I love magic and the magic of fashion. And she did this wonderful, whimsical um, fairy tale fashion exhibition, like the influence of fairy tales in fashion. So Colleen, just saying open invitation and all your free time to come back on and talk to us about that. She's working on her dissertation right now. So I think we should give her a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So. April's hometown, of course, is New York City. Mine is uh, Corrales, New Mexico, and an hour away is Santa Fe, New Mexico. So that's where the Art of Indigenous Fashion Exhibition is, as well as the incredible Museum of International Folk Art, which is just this super, super cool museum. Have you ever been there, April? I know you've been here a couple times. I have not, but I would like to. So let's put that on the list of next time to do when I visit you. Yes. So they have the largest collection of international folk art in the world, which is something like 130,000 objects from 100 plus countries. And they have my favorite part is they have this permanent exhibition that was the collection of the artist Alexander Gerard. And it's called Multiple Visions. Yeah, a common bond. And it's comprised of some 10,000 objects. And what is so fabulous about this exhibition is that they're all most of them are in miniature which we all know I love miniature things. (laughs) Um, So there's just like all these wonderful little scenes. So every time you go, you see something new, like a Pueblo feast day or a Mexican kitchen or an Italian villa with boats. It's fabulous. But anyways, they also often have fashion and dress exhibitions. And currently until February 19th, 2023, there is an exhibition called Dressing with Purpose, Belonging and Resistance in Scandinavia. It's curated by Carrie Hertz, who's the curator of textiles and dress at the museum. And it examines three Scandinavian, and Scandinavia is, is of course, a subregion of Northern Europe. Um, It commonly refers to Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. So this exhibition explores their dress traditions, which you have a range of garments like the Swedish folk drock, Norwegian bunad, or the Sami gokti. And it traces their development during two centuries of social and political change across Northern Europe. 
And so in this exhibition, as the website tells us, visitors will be introduced to individuals who adapt and revitalize dress traditions to articulate who they are, proclaim personal values and group allegiances, strive for sartorial excellence, reflect critically on the past, and ultimately reshape the societies they live in. And if you can't make it to Santa Fe, there is, of course, a wonderful exhibition catalog you can get your hands on. And then there's actually a companion exhibition called Fashioning Identities that is also on view until February of next year. And they offer more examples from the Folk Art Museum's permanent collection of Sami Dajie, which is the textile making tools, and then also regional clothing from Northern Europe. So lots of cool stuff happening in Santa Fe if you happen to come visit. Oh, well, I'm sorry I missed that when I was there last week, but next time for sure. Yes. Okay. I'm going to talk about a lot of exhibitions that are about to open. So um, <laughs> put this one on your coming soon list to dress listeners. The exhibition taking place in Bentonville, Arkansas, which opens on September 10th, 2022 at the Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art. This is also curated by a past dressed guest, Michelle <laughs> Tolini Finnamore, who joined us back in 2019 to speak about her exhibition, Gender Bending Fashion. Well, Michelle's new project, Fashioning America, Grit to Glamour. I'm going to quote from the museum's website here. It offers a dynamic interaction between video, imagery, and approximately 90 garments and accessories selected from across two centuries of fashion. And the exhibition emphasizes the work of designers who immigrated to America, Native American and Black designers, as well as iconic fashion brands and their impact on visual culture in every decade. This sweeping presentation conveys how American fashion and its contributions reflect the American spirit of ingenuity on the national and world stage. And Cass, tying back into the Indigenous Fashion Exhibition that we saw in Santa Fe, one of the designers featured in the Fashioning America Exhibition is Lloyd Kiva New, a Native American designer who worked largely in the 1950s and the 1960s. And as you and I have already discussed, I think I'm going to try to do an episode on him in 2023. So stay tuned for that. We were actually able to see some of his pieces in person in Santa Fe. So Lloyd Kevin New coming perhaps season six to dress. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> As you know, we are going to be expanding our fashion history travel offerings this year. Mm -hmm. So you better bet that I'm going to be brushing up on my language skills with Rosetta Stone. With more than 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and so many more, that world out there is practically at the tip of your tongue. And that's right, dress listeners. For more than 30 years, Rosetta Stone has been the expert in language learning. There are no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which is incredible. You learn by immersion, and their programs are available to use on your desktop or as an app. And let's not forget that there is an amazing built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, so you learn the proper accent from the very start. For limited time dress listeners, you can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off by visiting rosettastone.com forward slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com forward slash today. 
Dress listeners, we often refer to ourselves on the show as dress detectives, but what if we told you that you could travel back in time and solve your own fashionable mysteries? Because you can, by joining us in playing June's Journey. And April, I can't tell you how much fun I've had playing June's Journey. It's this <laughs> hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story. It takes you back to the glamour and intrigue of the 1920s with this diverse cast of characters. And basically, each new scene takes you further into the story of a thrilling murder mystery that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. You will sleuth with June in the antique parlors of New York, the chic sidewalks of Paris, and you can even build your own luxury island estate where you get to decorate and plant decadent gardens. And there's also a chat and challenge feature where you can play alongside friends. So join us, dress listeners, in putting on your detective hats and escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. So those of you living in or visiting Chicago in the next coming months are lucky enough to have at least three fashion-related exhibitions to check Ooh. out. So at the Chicago History Museum, you have the exhibition Treasured 10 Selections from the Costume Collection, and that's on view until next year. And then you have two exhibitions related to the work of the artist Nick Cave. So at the Museum of Contemporary Art Chicago, you have Nick Cave Four Other More, which is only on view until October 2nd. So you have about a little over a month to check that out, curated by Naomi Beckwith. And this is actually the first career-spanning survey of the world-renowned multidisciplinary artist Nick Cave, who, you know, is heralded as an artist, but also an educator, a performer. And his work often explores the intersections of beauty and darkness. Nick has said that the beauty, quote, in his art is a way to dominate the darkness in his art and life. He talks about in this video that accompanies exhibition how he was raised to feel beautiful, but also very much aware of the realities of racism. And he kind of explores those intersections in his work. And he said that this exhibition is about his commitment to, quote, talking about humanity. I want the takeaway to be about a consciousness, to ask yourself what matters and why are you here in this moment right now? So... You know, he's a multidisciplinary artist, but he's really, really famous, April, as you know, for his sound suits, which if any of you have seen his sound suits, you know, you're kind of like, what are these? Because they obviously resemble a human body, but they're sculptural pieces mm -hmm. and they are often displayed as sculptures, collected and displayed in museums. But he also embodies them a lot of times and performs in them. I mean, how would you explain his sound suits, April? I mean, they're kind of, they're so whimsical and so many ways. I, I kind of like an abstract Snuffleupagus costume. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they're super colorful um, and it's just like bits and each one is very different, right? They're, mm -hmm. they're very rarely the same, but one of the things that they all have in common is like a design intentionality to kinetic motion, I would say. So there's a lot of like kind of fringy elements and elements that move, but they're all very different. And the face is almost always obscured too. Not always, but but most usually. So they're ginormous kind of like performative costumes. 
Yeah, it's they kind of defy description. You're going to have to look them up, dress listeners. He's actually created 500 of these since his first in 1992. As April kind of mentioned, they cover the wearer from head to foot and they're intended to mask the identity. So like your race, gender, the appearance of the wearer and an emphasis of our really our shared humanity while also their commentary on racial injustice. The first one he created was during the Rodney King trial and the LA riots. And he says that I built this sort of suit of armor and by putting it on, I realized that I could make a sound from moving in it. It made me think of ideas around protests and how we should be a voice and speak louder. And then he also talks about how most of my work is built from one small object, which is really cool. That's multiplied by thousands. So like his first sound suit, I think was like made of a twig, but like thousands of twigs. And then he has sound suits that are made of thousands of buttons or toys or flowers. Mm -hmm. So they're absolutely incredible look them up if you've never seen them. And then I didn't know this, April. He has a brother, Jack, who's also an artist and a fashion designer. And they have a a duo exhibition, Nick Cave and Jack Cave, The Color is Fashion, at the DuSable Museum in Chicago, which is intended to be a companion to For Other More. It's curated by Danny Dunson. And there's over 40 avant-garde fashion looks and objects by the Cave Brothers. And the exhibition, quote, takes its title from the dynamic Emerald City scene of the 1978 film adaptation of The Wiz. And the fashion objects pay tribute to Black aesthetics and innovation throughout history, drawing its influence from Ebony Fashion Fair, New York City ballroom scenes, and Black cinema. So unclear, these are all fashion objects. Unclear if they're for sale or if they're just for exhibition. You can see more of these wonderful images of these wonderful garments um, at Jack Cave Inc. on Instagram. Yes. And you know what? We should have Danny on the show. We have chatted with him back and forth for years now on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. And that reminds me, at Legacy Bros is his Instagram, B-R-O-S. And he has a wonderful, wonderful Instagram um, and just very insightful curator. So yeah, that would be great. Yes. Okay. My next pick um, is for those of you in the South, if you happen to be in Texas, um, specifically Austin, and more than one of our listeners, Cass, actually sent this as a suggestion to include in this list at the Blanton Art Museum now through January 8th, 2023, is the exhibition Painted Cloth Fashion and Ritual in Colonial Latin America. So again, from the Blanton's website, the exhibition addresses the social roles of textiles and their visual representations in different media produced in Bolivia, Mexico, Peru, and Venezuela during the 1600s and 1700s. Beyond emphasizing how aesthetic traditions of European and indigenous origin were woven together during this period, the exhibition showcases the production, use, and meaning of garments, as well as the ways they were experienced in both civil and religious settings. So, we have actually talked about this before on the show, that it's often through art that we as fashion historians study uh, fashions and textiles of these earlier periods, like the 17th and the 18th centuries. You know, of course, extant garments from these periods are rarer and rarer the farther we go back in history. Um, and art, especially portraiture, makes this really wonderful primary source when physical examples of garments are few and far between. I find my undergraduate degree in art history super helpful as a fashion historian, I just want to say, because the fact that the two of art and fashion history are so often intertwined when it comes to these earlier periods. So you have until January 8th, 2023, again, to check out Painted Cloth, 
fashion and ritual in colonial Latin America. However, if you are unable to make it, it seems like there is going to be an exhibition publication. I found evidence of it on Amazon and some other sites with an August 2022 release date, but it doesn't seem like it's out yet. And this is not necessarily uncommon. (laughs) Um, A lot of times (laughs) exhibition catalogs get a little bit delayed. Maybe they'll launch kind of at the end of the exhibition as well. So stay tuned for that, um, the Painted Cloth um, exhibition catalog. And I also want to mention, because I didn't do it earlier, that the shoes exhibition curated by Valerie Steele and Colleen Hill, that will also have a really super special, fabulous exhibition catalog that's going to be published by Tashin, but that is also not out quite yet. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. And I also just want to mention that we did do a two-part episode with historian Laura Beltran-Rubio on what's called Imperio de la Moda, Spain's Empire Fashion. That's kind of similar to this uh, time period of the Painted Cloth exhibition. So if you do want to learn more about that through our podcast, you can check those episodes out. So I'm going to do a quick mention of exhibitions in two cities, Grand Rapids, Michigan and Los Angeles. Um, so first at the Grand Rapids Public Museum, you have Fashion and Nature. The Fashion and Nature exhibition examines the relationship between the natural world and the fashion industry. Um, and it's intended to inspire and educate visitors into becoming better consumers, which we love So as the exhibition website tells us, visitors will examine fashion trends throughout history, like how muscle shells were used in the button industry, how beaver pelts were made into hats, how iridescent beetles were incorporated into garment embellishment and more. And it includes today's current fashion trends created by local designers with sustainability in mind. And then we also have in LA, the Lee Alexander McQueen exhibition, Mind Mythos Muse, which is on view and through October 29th. I'm not going to talk too much about it because we are actually going to have the curators, Clarissa Esquerra and Michaela Hansen on the show to talk about it. But if you are in the LA area, this exhibition is the first McQueen exhibit on the West Coast. And it contextualizes the designer's imaginative work within a canon of art makers who drew upon analogous themes and visual references. So check that out. Okay, I'm taking us on a tour back to New York here now (laughs) uh, to the Brooklyn Museum of Art, where up is Virgil Abloh, Figures of Speech through January 20th, 2023. I have not seen this exhibition. I am not a big Virgil Abloh fan. Just saying just not. However, this exhibition, the museum tells us, is the first museum exhibition devoted to Abloh's work, spanning two decades of the artist's practice, including collaborations with artist Takashi Murakami, musician Kanye West, and architect Rem Koolhaas, among others. Material from his fashion label Off-White and items from Louis Vuitton, where he served as the first Black menswear artistic director, are on view. And listeners, this is a ticketed affair, so make sure to buy your timed ticket in advance if you want to go see this exhibition. This time ticket for the exhibition is in addition to regular museum admission. One more, just briefly, and this was probably going to show up as its own episode. Coming next season at the Museum of Art and Design is Queer Maximalism, 
and Machine Dazzle, which also opens on September 10th, so very, very soon. This runs through February 19th of 2023. And let's just say that um, more is always more when it comes to the work of Matthew Flower, who goes professionally by the pseudonym Machine Dazzle. So stay tuned on that. Um, This exhibition is going to incorporate some of his own performative costumes, street theater, and according to the museum's website, a variety of environments ephemera, material samples, photography, and video. So I want to leave a little bit of mystery around this one and because we're definitely going to elucidate on this further in a future date. Very, very fun. A topic I know nothing about. So as we know, Virgil Abloh passed away last year, far too soon at the age of, I think, 41 or 42 of cancer. Um, One of many fashion luminaries that we lost, and that includes Andre Leon Talley, who also has an exhibition as a tribute to his life at the Savannah College of Art and Design's Atlanta campus, um, the SCAD Fashion Museum of Fashion and Film is in Atlanta, Georgia. And they actually have two fashion exhibitions, one of which is Andre Leon Talley, fashion luminary mentor, friend of SCAD. And that's now through October 9th, 2022. And actually, Andre had a longstanding relationship with the university. As the website tells us, in 2001, SCAD honored Talley with a Lifetime Achievement Award in fashion. And the following year, this honor was renamed the Andre Leon Talley Award, which gave Talley the power to recognize his contemporaries. And so he invited the recipients to SCAD to share their experience with students. Um, He was really integral to making the SCAD Fashion Museum a reality. He helped them acquire pieces for their collection. He curated exhibition. So this exhibit that's currently on display is really a celebration of someone who really meant a lot to this museum department and all those who worked there. And of course, anyone who knew and loved Andre. It's created by Alexandra Sachs, who's the executive director of SCAD Fash. I think it's funny. They call it SCAD Fash. It's not the SCAD Fashion Museum. SCAD Fash. (laughs) SCAD Fash. Um, And then there's also the Christian Siriano People Are People exhibition now through October 9th. People Are People honors famed American designer Christian Siriano's electrifying contributions to fashion. It draws from his extensive archive and the exhibition features bold creations from his decade plus career that celebrate self-expression for everybody at every age. Christian is, of course, very famous for, you know, dressing a wide swath of celebrities, many of whom talk quite openly about the fact that, you know, designers won't work with them because they don't fit in their sample sizes. And Christian has always been very vocal about celebrating everybody at every age. So this exhibition is curated by Rafael Gomez, who's director of fashion exhibitions and features more than 60 looks by Christian. And again, on view, both of these exhibitions are on view through October 9th of this year. Cass, the 1960s are a special interest to you as a fashion historian, as we've discussed before on the show. And what are your feelings on paper dresses? I mean, they're like basically the first disposable, literally first disposable fashion, like meant to be thrown away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so delightful, I have to say. Yeah. Um, on view now, you can see many examples in the exhibition at the Phoenix Art Museum Generation Paper, Fast Fashion of the 1960s. This is on view now through December 4th, 2022. And the museum says, 
During the 1960s, paper dresses took the world by storm when Scott Paper Company launched an ingenious marketing campaign, an early forerunner of viral marketing strategies to promote DuraWeave, the textile featured in their new disposable tableware line. With the idea that paper dresses were the future, other companies like Mars of Asheville joined the excitement and were soon selling 80,000 dresses a week. Wow. wow. <laughs> I was going to ask how these survived, but now I guess I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's lots more to say on this front and hopefully coming to a podcast near you. Oh, fun. Yes. I, I still need to reach out to them, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to beg and plead to get them in before the end of this season. <laughs> Which is already fast approaching, I suppose. I know. So I'm going to take us to Wayne, New Jersey and William Patterson University's Ben Sean Center for the Visual Arts, where they just are about to open a durable thread, the Silk Road from China to America. And what I find so fascinating about this exhibition is it really contextualizes Patterson, New Jersey, which is, I guess, known as the Silk City. I had no idea about this. And it contextualizes that Silk City within the global world of Silk and the Silk Road. So it basically is reimagining the Silk Road by connecting China to the Silk City of Patterson, New Jersey, bringing together a world of silk objects from Asia, Europe, and North America from the 17th to the 20th centuries. And this is curated by Professor He Zhang and Casey Mathern, director of the University Galleries. And it positions, as I mentioned, Patterson within a global web of silk processing and production through textiles, historical dress, drawing, and documents created along the historical trade route, as well as outside its typical boundaries. So very cool exhibition, and I hope someone will check it out and report back. All right, listeners, I hope that you will join me on a jaunt across an ocean because we are actually headed to France next um, and not necessarily to Paris for our, our first adventure. Um, we're actually going to go to Normandy, to Granville. I'm sure right away some of you know what is there, and that is the Musée Christian Dior, where on view now is the exhibition Chapeau Dior, through October 30th, 2022. And we did kind of, I think, briefly mention this on one of our recent um, hat exhibitions. Did we? Did we talk about it, Cass? I can't remember. I think we just talked about how Stephen Jones has been the creative director of Dior Hats since the 90s, and he remains the head of, of artistic production there. So maybe that's what you're thinking. Yes. So you're going to be able to see many of examples of Stephen's hat designs for Dior if you go to this um, exhibition. And, uh, you know, I just want to point out that Dior really considered a hat an essential element to an ensemble. Millinery was incredibly important to him in the overall concept of, of his brand. And he said once that a hat is the best way to express your personality, which is fascinating. So this exhibition is on view at his family's home in Normandy, which is now, of course, the Musée Christian Dior. And it features hats, of course, sketches, fashion photographs, and tear sheets documenting the millinery creations of the House of Dior since 1947. Okay, still in France and still not in Paris. Cass, I was surprised to learn that SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design, actually has an outpost in Lacoste in France. Um, and it was another listener who alerted us to this exhibition, Azadine Alaya, The Art of Fashion, which is um, now on view through October 29th, 2022. So if you are in this region of France, you can check out the work of the Tunisian-born designer Azadine Alaya in the show that's curated by Olivier Sayard, who is a director of the Fondation 
Azadine Alaya in Paris. Again, somebody we are wildly remiss for not inviting yet as a guest on Dressed. So we do so hope that Olivier will consider joining us very soon. Oh yeah, Olivier's done so many incredible exhibitions. And if I'm not wrong, has also participated in fashion performance art himself. So such a cool (laughs) curator. And of course, we also have not done an Alaya episode, which we, of course, need to course correct sooner mm-hmm. than later, too. So you just actually posted an Alaya post on your Instagram yesterday, <laughs> I, I noticed. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for bringing that up, actually. Of course, in Clueless, which is one of my all time favorite fashion films, there's that scene that lives rent free in my head where she's held at gunpoint and he tells her to get on the ground and she opens her dress and says, Oh, no, this is an Alaya. And he says, And a what? And she's like, he's a totally important designer. And then I did like a cut too. It's a reel of like who Aliyah is. So yeah, he is a totally important designer and one that we definitely need to cover on the show. (laughs) So I'm having a lot of fun with reels um, lately. So before we leave France, we will head to Paris, but we won't linger long because we have, of course, already talked about the um, show Shocking the Surrealist World of Alsa Scaparelli. That's on view at the Musée des Arts Décoratifs until January 22nd, 2023. And then you can also head to the YSL, Yves Saint Laurent Museum, and check out Gold by Yves Saint Laurent, which opens on October 14th. And that'll be on view until May 14th, 2023. And that's something that's really cool about Paris is they have entire museums dedicated to just one designer. So the Christian Dior Museum, the Yves Saint Laurent Museum, and the Azadine Alaya Museum. So you can just head to those museums just to see exhibitions about those designers, which really speaks to how incredibly important they are. Yeah. And the Pierre Cardin Museum as well. Yes, exactly. So, so many amazing things to do in Paris, obviously. Yep. And I'm going to head across the pond, as they say, to London, where the V&A has two incredible fashion exhibitions. Fashioning Masculinity, the Art of Menswear, is open through November 6, 2022. And I actually just want to say that I love the title of that exhibition because I'm all for the use of using the term fashioning versus fashion because it makes it this active process of becoming and dressing the body mm-hmm. that you know anyone can experience who gets dressed around the world. Versus fashion, which we know is so often narrowly defined. Of course, we work to expand that definition, but I just really love the term fashioning. So fashioning masculinities explores how designers, tailors, artists, and their client sitters have constructed and performed masculinity and unpicked it at the seams. So the exhibition is really building off this kind of unprecedented creative um, expression in men's fashion that's happening. And I would argue it's also an unprecedented conversation about gender as a societal construct and how, you know, men have moved beyond the limiting gender binary in fashion to kind of explore um, the clothed body. So Mm -hmm. that's on view until November. And then there's also Africa Fashion, which is on view until October 16th, curated by Elizabeth Murray and Christine Chakenska, who's the museum's inaugural curator of African and African diaspora fashion, which is so exciting. And this exhibition foregrounds individual African voices and perspectives and presents African fashions as a self-defining art form that reveals the richness and diversity of African fashions and cultures. And it's really a focus on contemporary designers, but it starts in the 1950s, I believe, to kind of look at that progression to where we are today. Obviously a huge topic. And I'm hoping curators of both of these exhibitions 
questions are going to come on the show. If not this season, then next. So stay tuned, dress listeners. I am currently working on that as we speak. Mm-hmm. Okay, here is my last one. Um, we're actually going to head over to Holon, Israel for this one. At the Design Museum Holon is the exhibition Albert Elbaz, The Dream Factory, which opens on September 15th. And it spans the entire museum cast, uh, apparently the largest exhibition of Elbaz's work to date. It is curated by our friend Yara Kadar. And the website says, quote, the exhibition will feature couture models, rare archival materials, personal items, and photographs that have never been revealed to the public. And in some ways, this also serves as a memorial exhibition as Elbaz passed away just last year rather unexpectedly due to COVID, very sadly. We have we have mentioned that um, before. So this one is not to miss if you are in Israel in the next few months. We do not have a closing date on this one. Maybe check out the museum's website for more details once it does officially open to see when it closes. I couldn't find any information when I went digging a little bit, but maybe I will shoot Yara an email and ask. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that closes our discussion of in-person exhibitions. We also wanted to give a brief mention to a couple online exhibitions you can check out. One of them includes the recently launched, I think it launched in June, exhibition Glamour and Innovation, The Woman Behind the Seams of Fashion at the White House. And this is a collaboration between NYU's Steinhardt School of Culture, Education, and Human Development, and the White House Historical Association. And it was curated by Megan Jenkins in collaboration with the David M. Rubenstein National Center for White House History. And it highlights the storied career of eight women who created some of history's most iconic outfits. So um, this includes Elizabeth Keckley, who, of course, we've done an episode on, as well as numerous other designers. So you can get on there and get up close and personal with a lot of these garments. So definitely check it out. Yes. And also, too, you can check out the online exhibition Worth in Manboche at the Museum of the City of New York. And I just have a little bit of a funny story. A fellow dress listener happened to, who went on our Paris trip, you know who you are. I didn't want to mention your name without asking you first, if you hear this, uh, sent me a message recently when she was in New York saying that she was headed to this exhibition. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no don't go, don't go. It's online only. Um, But if you do want to check out a little bit more about the American designer Man Boucher or Maine Bacher and also Charles Frederick Worth, you can check out this online exhibition, which details the holdings of the Museum of the City of New York of both of these designers. So both very seminal, important designers in the history of fashion. Yeah, and also just in closing, a quick note that Google Arts and Culture is a wonderful resource for online exhibitions. Um, And there's a lot of fashion exhibitions, like the Men in Heels episode that we did with Elizabeth Simmelhack, who is the curator of the Badashi Museum. Um, You can check out that exhibition. So yeah, so many wonderful online resources if you can't get to any of these places in person. And of course, we've mentioned, you know, a lot of these exhibitions have accompanying catalogs. So definitely check it out. I think that does it, April. I'm sure we've missed tons of exhibitions. So please let us know. Maybe we'll do a part two of this. Yeah. And also too, um, you know, uh, we, we know that a lot, of, a lot of our fellow professional fashion historians and curators also follow the show. So if you have an exhibition coming up that you would like for us to mention, please send us an email and we would love to do that for you. Uh, you can email us at dressed at iheartmedia.com or you can send us a DM 
on Instagram at dressed underscore podcast. Well, that does it for us today, dress listeners. May you consider visiting any of these fashion exhibitions online or in person next time you get dressed. Thank you, as always, to our producers, Casey Pegram and Holly Fry, and everyone else at iHeartMedia that makes the show possible each week. We will catch you on Tuesday. Dress, the History of Fashion, is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to your favorite shows. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.